Radio, calling from the left and right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, live from Milledgeville, Georgia, today, uh, as we are evacuated from uh, Hurricane Ida. If you want to join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you are listening live on blogtalkradio.com, you can always sign in with your free Blog Talk Radio account. Can go to the episode page and you can join us in the chat room there. Or if you're watching live on YouTube, you can go to uh, YouTube.com/slash LiberalDanRadio or YouTube.LiberalDan.com. Each will get you there. And subscribe to the channel, and you'll be able to get notified whenever I go live uh, here. And you can always, you know, watch me live and also see, um, you know, the comments and join the chat room here as well. Um, and if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, uh, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Um, not going to do too much else other than Hurricane Ida uh, today. Uh, I think it's important to just kind of focus on this one at the moment. Uh, there are other things that I could talk about. There are other big news items of the day, uh, but I think it's Really, um, you know, because I'm evacuated and there are a lot of people's stories that need to be told, um, I can't, you know, I would be remiss in, in, in not focusing this episode on this particular issue. We could talk about any of the issues that come up in the past week uh, in future episodes. Um, but I do want to, you know, the only one thing I do want to bring up um, is that the Texas abortion law that we've talked about on this program already uh, went ahead and took effect today. The Supreme Court refused to stop it. Um, they didn't let it take effect. Uh, it is uh, draconian in nature. If, if not violating, Roe v. Wade tries to circumvent Roe v. Wade because, you know, they're always trying to get uh, clever, I guess, with what's going on. Uh, go to liberaldan.com. One of my cousins uh, who is an attorney who has worked on these issues uh, made a post, and I copied and pasted her post and shared it on uh, LiberalDan on Facebook, facebook.com slash LiberalDan. So go check that post out and please support uh, any causes that would help to try and get you know, women to have autonomy um, in you know, the state of Texas because right now there's pretty much none. So it's a damn shame that this has to come to that. And I'm just going to say, I warned everybody in 2016 that if Donald Trump was elected president, that we would have a situation where he could name up to three justices. And if he was able to do that, Roe v. Wade was on the table and I was right. I was right. A lot of other people were right. People didn't want to listen, but I don't know. There's another time that I was right. Back in 2004, and I was running for Congress, and I said, "Look, you know, I made her, I made coastal restoration and hurricane protection my a number one priority back then in 2004, and I was concerned. I said, "Look, big storm hits Louisiana, you know, you're gonna have lots of problems." And the person I was talking to was one of the people I spoke to about this lived on the North Shore of Louisiana, so like Pontchartrain in Louisiana. They're like, well, "We live on the North Shore, we don't care about that." And, well, you'll care about that when your gasoline hits four bucks a gallon. Well, so that'll never happen. What happened? Exactly, it happened. I was right. 
So big storms are a big threat to Louisiana, and Louisiana tends to, tends to be a lightning rod for these types of storms. And when it was clear that this storm was going to be Category 3 and above, we started making our plans to escape uh, because we did not want to risk uh, whatever might happen. And because with hurricanes, uh, they're, they're not just high wind events that could knock down trees by itself. It's not just rain events that could flood areas. It's not just a storm surge that can push water into neighborhoods over top, make levees fail, et cetera. It's not just that. There's also tornadoes. So if you're in an, you're in an area, it can create you know, lots of tornadic activity and the tornadoes that come with it. And then there's the after effects that happens with storms where you have you know, a loss of power and you know, the infrastructure gets damaged. And then what happens? Are you able to even live in the area? Can you survive in an area after a hurricane hits? And we're going to be going, about, going over a lot of those issues in this podcast. We'll be talking about a lot of those things. Um, you know, so we managed to, you know, personally speaking, we managed, we, we packed up, we got everything that we feel, felt that we needed, uh, some sentimental items, some necessary items, packed them up, packed the car up, and hey, bringing it, boy, you're welcome to the chat. Um, thank you for joining us for the show. Um, we left at 3, we, we, we woke up around maybe 3.30 in the morning, picked up my mother-in-law, grabbed all the animals, and left. And we made our way about an eight-hour drive, seven and a half, eight-hour eight hour drive uh, to my mother's house in Georgia. And we were fortunate that we were saying we need to leave early because there wasn't a lot of warning. There wasn't a lot of warning that this, of what this storm was going to be. The spaghetti models were all over the place. Some at the beginning, you know, a lot of them had them centered on Louisiana, some of them were more towards the, a little more towards the center than what it was, but it actually hit some of, some of them. There was one weird one that went all the way to Galveston. There's another one that had it going to Pensacola. So, and then they were saying, okay, maybe it'll be a two. Two, if it's a lower end two, I probably would have stayed for lower end two. Definitely would have stayed for one. Tropical storm, not a big deal. You can still lose power from a tropical storm. You can still have issues after a tropical storm. But the threat to your life and the threat to the infrastructure that makes it harder to live post-storm, as those numbers get higher, you start uh, risking a lot. I think I would say it probably becomes exponential. As, 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 as it starts getting into a one, to a two, to a three, to a four, the difference between what you can deal with and how long you're going to have to deal with it grows exponentially. Um, at least it's been my opinion of, of that of that. Maybe 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 there's a maybe it's logarithmic, maybe it's some other uh, maybe it's Fibonacci numbers, I don't know. It's not the it's not the point. The point is, is that as the storm gets bigger the, 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 the bigger the threat is that there at that particular time when it hits and for the duration, the longer the duration that you might have to deal with post storm consequences. Um, so we left. We got to to 
Atlanta with very little traffic. There was just a little bit of slowdown in Mississippi. We got to we got to Georgia relatively quickly. Now other people left a little later. I know people that took the same amount of time to get to Georgia took even more time to get to Florida, which is a much quicker jaunt. It should only take you about maybe four hours to get to Florida itself, five hours to get to Houston. I know people who it took like maybe 16 hours to get to Houston from New Orleans, from the evacuation. I saw that the traffic, as we were making our way, you know, we were checking in with some of the news stations and seeing some of the news feeds and seeing how just how bad the traffic was. And we were like, thank goodness we got out of here as quickly as we could. So we were lucky when it came to that. One of the biggest problems pre-storm that happened was uh, our mayor got on the news. And I've been very supportive of our mayor and how she's handled the virus, how she's handled the pandemic, how, you know, we feel that she, the, the, the lives, the lives she's put lives ahead of businesses, which is good in my book. And our governor has been relatively good as well. Uh, I'm not sure that the governor has the authority to do mandatory evacuations of an area. I think that's up to the, the municipalities to be able to figure that out. Um, and this is the first problem when it came to the evacuation. Even though it was going to be a Category 4 hitting, and even though we were strongly urged to leave, what happened was they never did a mandatory evacuation. And I don't know the ins and outs of what a municipality is required to do for a mandatory evacuation. So it may very well have been correct for the mayor to have said that it was, there was not enough time for a mandatory evacuation to be declared. Now, unfortunately, what I didn't see when she made that statement was the reasoning, reasoning as to why that was the case. I would have liked to have heard, if we declare a mandatory evacuation, we have to do X, Y, and Z. Doing X, Y, and Z is impossible because of such short notice. As such, we are not able to call, call a mandatory evacuation. And I would have been a little more happy with her failure to call the mandatory evacuation had she laid it out as to why. Like, if maybe if we call a mandatory evacuation, we have to have buses set up at evacuee tier spots. If you don't know, if you're watching, you don't know what that means. An evacuee tier spot is there's these little people. It's like little metallic-looking people, like stick figures, and like kind of like you know, this. You know, there's one hand in the air and other hand behind, and you know, all metal. And like, hey, meet here, and this is where we're going to pick you up to help you evacuate. Now, maybe if in a mandatory evacuation, maybe those things are required to be utilized, um, and maybe there wasn't enough time to to muster enough buses to be able to do that. Now, got a lot of buses for schools that we're not, we're not going to be used because guess what? They're not having schools. Schools are going to be closed. So you could have used those buses to bring people out of town. I don't know. Utilize trains. You could maybe even utilize planes. I don't know. Then maybe you have to get more because, you know, maybe you're, if you're dealing with COVID, you might have to, have less densely packed buses, and that's another big thing, a big concern to have to worry about. Um, but again, I, I don't know what all those things are that that would have to be done. If there's any, that would have to be done. 
you know, there's something called contraflow, where um, you have, you know, the eastbound and westbound I-10. So if you're going east, when you implement contraflow, both eastbound and westbound lanes are now going to be heading east. And if you're heading on eastbound I-10, going east, there's no, the normal eastbound lanes, you would go to maybe Mississippi, and you would be forced to go to Mississippi. Maybe if you went to the westbound on the westbound lanes going east, maybe you would have to be forced to go up 59 instead of to 10. If you look at the map, you can see what that means. Um, so maybe there was not enough time to implement contraflow. So I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt a little bit, although I would have, again, would have rathered have heard an explanation as to why a mandatory evacuation cannot be declared. Why am I worried? Why am I focusing on this? Is, is when you have a mandatory evacuation, that triggers things for people who are insured. So if you have renter's insurance or if you have homeowner's insurance, those policies may very well include a provision in them that says if you no longer are able to use your property, a loss of use, you can you, – you, you were able to get some money to help pay for rental expenses, to help pay for food, to help, to help with your living expenses while you wait to come back. Now, if your house is destroyed, if you have evidence that your house is destroyed by a, by, you know, a tornado or hur the hurricane winds or by flooding, it's been made un unlivable, then at that point, you know, once, that, once that's determined by the insurance, you then could get those loss of use funds regardless of whether or not a mandatory evacuation was declared. But here's the thing. If you get the mandatory evacuation and you're being told by government, you have to leave. It's weird. There's something showing up weird on my head. I don't know. Anyway, so you're being told you have to leave. Then the insurance company says, well, since you have to leave, that triggers automatically that loss of use provision. So it doesn't matter if your house is inhabitable or not. All that matters is that government has said, you can't be here, you have to go. And the insurance says, okay, well, since government has said you can't live in your house, you get that loss of use trigger. And here's something else. After the storm, like our neighbors stayed, and fortunately they're okay. They had a generator, they had a window unit to help cool, keep them cool a little bit. Um, we were able to keep in contact a little bit with them so it's good. We're very happy that they that they're alive. And their house, you know, they have some shingles damage or whatever. Their house is okay. Our house structurally seems fine at the moment. We don't know if there's any leaking or anything. At that point, I don't know. We haven't been back to inspect. But we're told, you know, that we're being asked as people who have evacuated to stay evacuated for as long as we can. Because there are there are problems with roadblocks. We'll talk about all of the infrastructure issues that are happening in the city of New Orleans. Um, but again, we're being asked to not return. We're not being told to not return. If they would say you are required now, they would initiate a mandatory evacuation. Now that everybody who's there needs to go. And everybody who's out needs to stay out. It would then trigger 
the loss of use provision. So again, I don't know why it's being made optional. Because it's being made optional, we are being prevented from utilizing a portion of our policy that we should be able to use drastic of a storm. When we're being advised to just not, not go back and we could be gone for weeks, maybe a month, maybe more, I don't know. We're gonna be getting back to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll, we will first take our first commercial break, come back if you want to call in. Again, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out Budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, all right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Damanach, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. 
Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Radio Talk from the Left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation is area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Did I say New Orleans, Louisiana? I think I have on autopilot. I'm live from Milledgeville, Georgia. Uh, sorry about that. Yes, I am not live from, there's no power right now. Hardly any, I should say, power in New Orleans. I guess I should have included that. It may be one of the, one of the shots to be able to show what's going on. Uh, in uh, New Orleans at the moment. Um, Daily uh, Daily News uh, says, Dan, it's not your first barbecue with a storm this size. Why would you want the government involved? The reason I want the government involved, I don't need the government to tell me to evacuate. I can make my decision up for myself if I want to evacuate or not. And normally, and the times where the government has said, this is a mandatory evacuation, I was already on my way out or getting ready to go. So, you know, the uh, my my needing government to say go, it's not necessary. Again, but the reason generally the people need government to say evacuate because it's because of those loss of use provisions in the insurance policies. Uh, there are people who can't afford to just get up and go, and them having to go leave town and risk losing money, risk having to incur rent. On top of rent, you know, we've had COVID, this COVID crisis going on. Uh, people who have not been employed or underemployed, uh, people who are already back on their back rent, and they're trying to, you know, maybe some people trying to catch up with the rent or whatever. Uh, now we have more rent issues you now because now now you have to pay for two if you don't have a place to go. If you don't have. I'm fortunate in that I have parents with houses with rooms that can fit us. I mean, this little, little, even even for the nice of a size house my mother's house is, it's still a little cramped with uh, five adults, two kids, and cats. Um, one of the sad things, though, is that we brought our three cats, then we brought my mother's mother-in-law's cats. And unfortunately, a few days in, my mother-in-law cat passed away. That's just another thing that we've had to deal with during this evacuation, it's, 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 again, it's been very stressful. It's been very rough. Um, you know, again, you have, you know, very grateful for my mom and stepdad for allowing us to in their house. And I'm very fortunate for that. Um, I don't expect coming to the odds, you know, they're very happy to be able to see their grandkids, very happy to see us. Um, but lots of people in a house that, is not used to that many people, so it, it still can cause them butting of heads or what have you. Um, so publicly thanking my mom, though, and my stepfather for, you know, putting us up uh, for as long as we need to be uh, because it's it could be a while. Uh, if you haven't heard, um, there was catastrophic damage done to the system to the electrical system in the New Orleans metropolitan area. So not just Orleans Parish, but the metropolitan. If you go to Entergy, the Entergy map, basically the entirety of southeast Louisiana is just red 
of just power outages, the entire thing. And you would expect you know, all those places that have been directly hit, clearly, you know, that, that's, they were not able, there's Grand Isle, it was right on the coast. They, they lost contact with Grand Isle. As far as they knew, Grand Isle didn't exist anymore because there was, they couldn't get in contact with the sheriffs or any of the other first responders down there. But, you know, when you had lots of areas, there was an area, I want to say, it was, I don't know if it was Lafitte or another area um, where somebody was saying that literally there were horses running through the yard being chased by alligators. Um, as we've said, tell us you're from Louisiana without saying I'm from Louisiana. Horses were running through a yard with alligators chasing them. In any other situation, it would be funny. And maybe still a little is. You know, maybe the, the site is just, wow. But that's just what it's had. There, there was an alligator attack. It's like somebody in a car died, I think, from an alligator attack. There's, it, It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy out there or over there, I should say. Um, no, catastrophic damage to the electrical grid. Now, electrical grid is supposed to be run by a corporation, a private company. So conservatives might say, oh, well, that's, that's good. You, know, you want your corporations. You want to run. You want profit. Profit. You want to, uh, you know, profit will, will drive them to be better. No. Profit does not drive, apparently, drive them to be better. Not at all. Entergy is terrible. I've talked about my issues with Entergy on this program before. The issues that I have with them, how we could get a slight in our yard and the power goes off. This is a Category 4 hurricane. And every time there's a hurricane, I always say, or most of the time I say, it's never, they never track it east enough. It's never tracked east enough. It always hits, it always hurts more east than people think it's going to be. And I don't know why meteorologists can't, you know, it's always because of jet stream. My jet stream is going to knock it east. And it always happens, for the most part. It doesn't always happen. The storm that hit Lake Charles, Louisiana last year, I was like, you know what? I don't think that Dodge East is going to happen this time. I think it's coming right at that city. And it did, and it hurt them a lot. But just to put salt in the wounds, like if you look at the path, let's see, coming, oh, this, this is me. All right, so you're looking at the Louisiana. It's coming at Louisiana right here, and New Orleans is here. It, it went here and went, it darted over the east or to northeast like it was going straight and then it went no sorry I'm doing it backwards it went like that it was crazy the fact that it it just said nope I'm going to go more east I'm going to prove Dan right and that caused more probably more harm than they expected not only and then it slowed down everyone expected it to be in Baton Rouge real quick it did not go real quick it slowed down and caused, uh, so it, it didn't sit on New Orleans, it didn't sit on those areas, but it was much slower than they thought it was going to be once it hit land. Furthermore, it maintained Category 4 status longer than they thought it was going to be. Why was that? Normally, when a hurricane goes over land, there's not enough water to keep the energy going, so it drops the energy. 
That's not what happened here. Why? The storm surge brought water with it. It brought its own energy source. The storm surge pushed the water into Louisiana. And because Louisiana has an eroding coastline, there's the water can go deeper in. And as the water and, and it crossed open like Bayou Country is where it hit. So there's lots of places, lots of flat area for that water to go. And some of the levees that got overtopped, because there were some overtop levees, were the shorter levees. So it just, just pushed that water right on through. And so it had more energy. It had more energy to bring along with it. So that's why it stayed a Category 4 even longer. Just compounding the pain that was being caused to southeast, to southeast Louisiana. That's how terrifying this storm was. And I'm very happy that we left. Very happy that we were able to leave. We brought both cars with us because we weren't sure how long we were going to be gone. And if we, were, we didn't want to have to deal with losing yet another insurance claim with, on top of whatever insurance claims might be coming. So bringing a boy who says, just think there was a COVID lockdown and nobody could leave. I don't think that that's reasonable. I don't think that's a reasonable statement. Uh, I think that, you know, the, 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 that having a COVID lockdown just means that your your businesses are closed. It doesn't mean you can't leave. You know, the reason you have COVID lockdowns, the reason you have business closures is specifically to protect life. You're not going to just waive that. Because now you have a storm coming and you're not, you're not going to waive the desire to protect life. You're going to want to protect life more by forcing, you know, a thing, evacuate. But again, they didn't do a mandatory evacuation. Why? Because there was not enough time. So, again, I'll give them some benefits of the doubt, but I would like to know why, what factors came into play. And maybe we'll talk about that next week. Maybe I'll do some more research on that and try and figure that out. Um, so let's talk more about the catastrophic failure when it comes to the power grid. You have Avondale, Louisiana. It's, it's, I'll talk about the West Bank and East Bank of New Orleans or the Mississippi River. In reality, you know, the Mississippi River kind of does this through New Orleans. So if you're on the East Bank, you're north of the river for the most part. And if you're on the West Bank, you're south of the river. Except there's one part where the river does this and then starts curving down. So there's a point where if you want to get to the West Bank from the East Bank, you have to travel east. Figure that one out. Then again, there's also parts like there's a part of I-95 south up in New England where if you're traveling on I-95 south, you're going north. And if you're traveling on I-95 north, you're going south because it because I-95 does this. That, like, makes an N. So if you're, if you're listening on Block Talk Radio and not watching me on YouTube. Um, so, anyway, so you have, like, if this is Mississippi River, let's say, let's say this, is New, this is New Orleans over, over here, and then you have maybe more towards the west, you have this is Avondale. So there's a big power, and there are lines that cross the Mississippi River. There are about eight of them, if I'm recalling the number correctly. Those, all, you don't need all eight to provide power. There's redundancy. But you need some of them. Well, guess what happened? 
not only did all eight fail of those transmission lines, one of the towers fell in the river. So tower falls in the river, tower, the other tower gets knocked down. You now have lost all of the main power supply to the east bank of Jefferson Parish and New Orleans Parish. So even if you didn't have any other power, power lines failing, you still have no power to get because the line that was supposed to cross the bridge or cross the river is no longer there. What do you do? Now, obviously, if you have storms that are high enough, if you have storms that are strong enough, winds that are high enough to knock down a big tower, you're going to lose lots of smaller towers. You're going to trees are going to fall over, knock into power lines. Power lines are going to fall over themselves, knocking down power lines. You're going to have lots of power line issues going on. And so if you raise that big tower up, does it do any good? Because all the small lines are down. So I think they've said that they have to fix some of the smaller stuff first to be able to get that other infrastructure out of the way and done before they can connect that big tower that they have are now have to rebuild. There's been discussion of making the New Orleans power grid an island in and of itself, whereas instead of connecting it directly to the U.S., trying to make it so that it's connected to the U.S. grid like you want it to be, because we saw what happened with Texas during the winter, and them not being hooked to the power grid really screwed the pooch. One of the solutions is to is to make basically New Orleans a power island. Um, and one of the things that one of the councilmen members said when it came to Entergy that the power plant that came online, or it was it didn't go on online by itself. Like it needed, it was attached to power that came from Slidell, the North Shore, and them turning on their power caused this power in the New Orleans East area. So there's the East Bank, but then there's New Orleans East, which is typically more filled with more marginalized communities. So they got this power plant shoved down their throat. So you'd think the benefit of having this power plant shoved down their throat would be they'd have power more quickly, but they required some power from Slidell. So there's some questions that need to be asked of Entergy as to why they couldn't just turn the plant on, why they needed the power to come on from across the lake in order for that to work. Don't know. It's a, it's a lingering question that has that. So currently there's a little bit, a sliver of New Orleans East that has power, but the rest of New Orleans has no power. And even if those, the main lines have power, it doesn't mean that the neighborhoods have power. Some do, but some might not. Again, because if, you, if you're branched off the main line and that power line gets cut, guess what? You don't have power anymore. There's been times where we've seen power all over our places, but the line going to the backyard was not connected properly, or the line coming down our street wasn't properly. So even though everyone else around us had power, we didn't. That's how power works. For some reason, they won't bury the lines. It's another thing. They're probably trying to save money by not burying the lines. If you bury the lines, maybe the lines would be less likely to be hit by a tree falling over. That's using your noodle if you do that. And I've advocated on Twitter. I said, look, maybe this is the time to start considering to start burying some of those lines. Now, again, I live in the West Bank. I'm not in the East Bank, so I don't necessarily, I'm not exactly sure how the entirety of the power grid works out. 
but I'm not necessarily affected by the fact that the, the lines across the river are all down. It's potential. There's a potential there that uh, my house might get power back more quickly because we get the power from where that big tower got its power from, maybe. But then again, that's a, that's maybe about a 20-minute drive from where I live, 25, 20, 25-minute drive to Avondale from where I live. So how many, how much infrastructure has to be built in order to get from there to my house? And there's really no hospitals by my house. So the hospitals are going to correctly be the first things that need to get power returned to them. So if we, so who knows how long it's going to take, so, but there's some inklings or, or, or I'm not the only person who lives in Algiers who lives in the West Bank who believes that we might potentially get power back more soon, sooner than other people on the East Bank. But even if we get power back about water, now, I haven't heard whether or not we have water yet or not. Uh, there were some issues with um, the pumping of water through the sewers to get it out of the city because uh, there were some power failures there. Again, more energy issues. Energy was supposed to be powering the power plants or the, the energy was supposed to be powering uh, the uh, pumps. And because energy had catastrophic system failure, there was no there's no power to power to pumps or I'll power a lot of them to pump the water out. Apparently there was still power to power to pumps to get the water to the houses. That's an Orleans parish. Cause, and also that's another thing to consider. A lot of times you'll see there's a they might we might get a boil order on the east bank of New Orleans. But we're in the West Bank. Our water system is diff separate. There's like the West and and we're not Jefferson Parish. There's East Bank, Algiers, New Orleans water, or there, there's West Bank, Algiers water, there's East Bank, New Orleans water, and then there's Jefferson Parish, which is right next door, which is a completely separate water system. So it's possible that whatever's happening with the water on the East Bank might be different on the West Bank. Don't know. It's hard to say. It's, again, when we're not there, so we can't say, I can't say for certain what exactly is going on. So, you know, I'm not, I haven't really paid much attention to whether or not my house has a boil order because we don't have gas in our house to, to heat our ovens. And guess what? There's no electricity because of the catastrophic power failure that took place. But in Jefferson Parish, just to show you how bad things got, so many trees were uprooted from the storm hitting. But Jefferson Parish is a little bit more to the west than... Orleans was closer to the storm. Kenner was even more close, even closer than that to the storm. Kenner is the west, on the westernmost part of Jefferson Parish. So what happens? So not only does not only does do you have the power failures that are going on with the city or with, with the entire area. Jefferson Parish got to the point where they were losing 250,000 gallons of water an hour just being lost out of the pipes because the pipes were broken. 
So they had to just shut the water off completely. So how long do you to get that fixed on top of the electrical problem, the catastrophic electrical grid failures? And then once you get all that fixed, do you, you know, and you're, you're trying to get the hospitals up and running. And then you're, in order for people to return, you need more than just hospitals. You need grocery stores. You need gas stations. I heard a story about a gas station today in Belchase, Louisiana, which is in Plaquemine Parish. Fairly close to where I live. It's like one of the only gas stations that had gas available. They were telling people if you done if you're turning people away if you didn't live in Bell Chase. So if I lived in Algiers and I, if I was there and I needed gas to power my generator, let's say I needed a generator to to power my refrigerator so that I could have medicine, and they would tell me that I couldn't get gas when there was gas available because I didn't live in Bell Chase. Yet I needed energy to be able to fund, be able to power my uh, my refrigerator to keep my medicine safe. Are you kidding me? I mean, that might make, I, I, that that would be problematic. I would, I would, that would have some words with that individual. And it's possible it might even have more than words as extreme might say, more than words would all I would have to do uh, to let him know or let them know that they were pissing me off and that they were threatening the lives of people in my household because they didn't get prescriptions at the temperature that they needed to be at. Now, obviously, at last, they'll have to worry about that. But it's ridiculous that they, had, that, that they implemented that sort of thing back during Katrina the sheriff of Jefferson Parish stopped people from crossing a bridge to get to safety. And those people just happened to be black. And some people cheered him as a hero. Yeah, I don't know, but my, my microphone's in a, a, in a much slower place. I don't know. Maybe, the, I don't know if this helps any. Hey, Sadie, how's it going? Um, shout out to, to the Demonox as well. I also forgot to give a shout out uh, to Demonox as well. Um, as well as Chris, Cesar, and everybody else uh, who has so far supported uh, the Liberal Dan Radio podcast. Let's go ahead and take the final commercial break. Come back. Uh, we can take any calls if you want, 914-803-4131. But we will also be, um, you know, and just, you know, probably not going to be doing too much, probably not going to do a three-hour show this week. Um, you know, I'm having to share my room with my wife and everything, so I want to be nice and not be selfish. But anyway, this is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the tunes. 
Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot dot com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Capital, talking investing and finance in the Just Capital Minute. FinRefined the brokerage Robinhood, a record $70 million for, among other things, lapses in customer service. This brings up an important issue. Which brokerage should you use and how do you choose one? There are several things to think about when you're choosing or switching to a brokerage. The first one is fractional share trading. Some brokerages that offer fractional or partial shares are Schwab, Robinhood, Fidelity, and Interactive Brokers. The second thing to consider is what the brokerage's interest rate is for trading on margin, i.e. borrowing from your broker. The higher your account balance, the lower interest rate you will typically pay to trade with margin. The average rate is about 5%. The third thing to consider is research. How much market information, including news, technical, and fundamental data, do you want? Do you want interactivity in your charts? Do you want a social experience? Then Webull may be the one for you. This has been the Just Capital Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from Milledgeville, Georgia. Again, to join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Um, so, again, I also want to give shout-outs out, shout out to uh, host Nimbus Yosh. Apparently, he found out that his mom's okay today, so he's doing somewhat better. He had to evacuate with his cat as well. Um, he is alive and well. That's good. Um, so we'll see, um, you know, maybe about forming Voltron some point soon. I don't know. Um, one thing I did want to point out is on, if you go to liberaldan.com and, um, I've made, I offered up to all my friends, people that I trust, people that I uh, believe, um, that, People, I believe, that are not going to be trying to use this to their own advantage. People who are using this to, you know, I, I want to help as much people as, as I possibly can. So I have opened the door for people to be able to say, hey, tell tell me your story. Tell me what's going on with you and with what happened with Hurricane Ida. And give me links to how people can help you out. So if you can get, if I can help you out as much as I can, I'm going to try and help you out as much as I can. And I do that for my friends. So what I've done is if you go to liberaldan.com, there's a page called Hurricane Ida Help, and it will list people. And hopefully I'll add more and more people uh, to this page to be able to show you, you know, where, where you could send your money if you want to donate money to people who really need the help and who really want it. Of course, I put myself first because, you know, I don't know what things are going to look like when I get back home. Um, and, and I'm having problems with my, um, I got immediately denied, you know, Sadie says, you know, I feel like the government response has been an atrocious failure so far. I'm not going to say that yet. Um, again, earlier on in the show, I was talking about how 
I was disappointed that a mandatory evacuation was not declared because by failing to do so, you don't trigger the loss of use provision of your insurance policies. Um, but, you know, and, and the fact that you, it was, there was very little time to be able to do busing out of the city to be able to do that mandatory evacuation. So I'm giving some benefit of the doubt. Um, I think uh, it was it was a while before we started seeing things happen with Katrina as well. And yes, we should have learned from Katrina and, and learned how to do things better, more quickly. And I've seen gover Louisiana government uh, step up and do um, things better as each storm goes by. Um, but there's still there's still a lot of people that need help. Um, and for me to be denied so quickly, I was like, what the heck? I mean, you, you couldn't have possibly, but I think because I listed that I had insurance and, and that's why they denied me. You have insurance, therefore we're not covering you. Well, my insurance doesn't kick in right now because I can't get funds to help me out if I needed those funds to help me out because guess what? I, it wasn't a mandatory evacuation. So therefore I don't get that fund, those funds. I, I do have friends that have, um, I do have friends that have gotten some help or that help will be coming. They've been told that like rental assistance will be helping, which is good. Um, but if you go to my page, so we'll go over a couple of stories right now that I have listed with my story. I'm um, again, my family and I evacuated Georgia the day before the storm hit. We brought my mother along, along uh, our three cats and her cat as well. Um, unfortunately, several days in the tra trip, her cat passed away. It's been very stressful. Um, we don't, we know that our house is standing, but we don't know if the root took enough damage to cause leaks or not. We don't know if there's contents inside were damaged or not. Um, and again, we can't claim loss of use because there were no, there was no mandatory evacuation of the city. My friend B, um, they, their family uh, took the house took on water. They don't have the renter's insurance. So now um, all they have for the kids is the clothes that we packed to leave. Um, also lost safety crutches. Uh, roll later, uh, can't see what other damage there is until they're able to get back to the city. Apparently, since that point, they found out that, that basically their their living space is going to be unlivable, and they have to move in with their parents in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, and so they have a Venmo and cash app that you can donate to as well. Um, my friend Mariah, who I know via ride sharing, um, lost power to her home like many other New Orleanians. Um, the hot is excess. The home is excessively hot. She was able to leave out, but leaving caused again costs money. Um, she's having to take care of two dogs. Finding places that will take in pets is also a problem, and it's possible that maybe that maybe the fact that there's no mandatory evacuation might have also um, might have also caused you know them to be able to say, well, it's not a mandatory evacuation, so we don't have to take. Uh, your animals. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Then again, Chris, one of the, ooh, I got blurry for a second. What is going on? I am all blurry now. Weird. Anyway, so what is going on with my camera? There we go. That's better. Um, Chris lost the roof to his apartment. He no longer has an apartment to live at. Um, he does have his cats, so he feels lucky that he has cats. Um, but he's helped out this podcast, and I would love for people who enjoy this podcast to help out. Um, let's see. Um, it looks like my microphone levels seem to be fine here, but I don't know. Normally, I have I'm, I might be more eating the microphone like this, so 
I don't know if that's the case, if that's the problem. Um, but again, I'll have to listen and see and see what the, I didn't notice the problem when I was testing out the mic earlier with this current setup, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Again, we're evacuated, so it's a work in progress to try and get this all uh, working and under control. Um, what was the thing I was going to bring? I was going to talk about um, when it came to, I was talking about the dogs and the, and the uh, lack of inventory evacuation and, and to what potentially is problematic. And now I've lost my train of thought. Darn it. Um, there was something else that, that I was reminded of. Um, it, it just The fact that there's no mandatory evacuation just closes a lot of doors that would normally be open in the case of a storm to this magnitude. So I don't know. Um, and one of the reasons maybe that I'm, you're not hearing me as well um, is just the fact that I'm trying to talk a little bit lower because um, my wife's sleeping right behind me. Um, I have my mom and her stepfather also uh, sleeping, so or they might be sleeping at this point. I'm not sure, um, but I don't want to create too much noise. I don't want to be too loud uh, to be able to disrupt anybody. I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. Um, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to disrupt anybody. I don't want to cause any more problems than than we already are. Um, what was the thing I was going to talk about? Um, Let's see, Sadie says, I can hear you at 60 on my TV. Oh, I guess that's good for something. Um, let's see. Yeah, and it's bad, Sadie, that, that people have to resort to crowdfunding for the survival right now. Um, I, I know one of my friends have gotten some help. Um, help should come. Um, we should be able to qualify for like things like disaster food stamps and, and stuff that came uh, with Katrina, but it, it's like when we had Katrina, it, it took a little bit to get those food stamps. It took a little bit to get the unemployment from, it took a little bit to get the help uh, that, that you would normally need. It, it, it can't come all immediately. Um, and because we live in a society that you know, probably shows one of the failures or one of the problems with capitalism is that we have these capitalist systems and everybody's trying to make a profit and people are not, people are not necessarily looking to do the right thing immediately and 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 are and, and want to do the profitable thing now i will be honest when i evacuated for katrina to houston there was an apartment complex that <coughs> opened their doors and they were on they were not they were not a uh furnished apartment complex but they went ahead and bought beds they went ahead and bought things for people to use and furnish their apartments so people who evacuated for Katrina could live in those apartments. So shout outs to, that, to those people for doing the right thing. But there's so many other people who don't do the right thing. Yes, Demonox says, UBI, universal basic income, would have been wonderful right now. Because if you have a universal basic income, you will have the means to be able to live wherever you need to live, at least to, to survive until you can get back on your feet wherever you're going to be or until you can return. Maybe use some of the houses that are made available that, that, that could be made available but aren't because the banks are sitting on them. I read an article the other day that like one of seven homes are held by real estate investors. Um, 
yeah, compassion is it's it's easy to not be cruel, but some people just see the bottom line and don't and don't look at the human costs or the human the humanity of just being a good person. Look, there are other people who are. You know, you have people who went out there who just ran to go help. You know, was it Mr. Rogers that always said, "Look for the helpers." You know, there are people who do good good things. You know. You know, there may be some disagreements when it comes to, you know, political things of people like, you know, the Cajun Navy a lot of the times. But there are people there are people who will go out and who will go and bring their boats and try and help people in areas where you can't get to by boat car, where you have to get to by boat. There are people who will do the right thing, who will who will jump to do the right thing and, and shout out. And maybe in future shows, I'll be able to talk about all the good, the good people the good that happened, but right now it's, it's, it's not the time at the moment to spend too much time thanking the people who did the right thing because people who do the right thing for the right reasons don't do it because they want to thank you. They do it because it's the right thing to do. So they'll get their thanks and we should make sure to give them the thanks when they do it. But right now it's about getting people the help that they need. And, you know, on, on, on the, I'm probably on that on the low end of I don't need as much help as others as others do, but I, I don't know what my situation is going to be like. I would love to be in a situation where if I get help and I wind up not needing it, I'll then help other people with that money. Um, and maybe you don't want to contribute to the people on the um, on the link that I gave on liberaldan.com. Maybe you want to give to other good resources, but make sure to give to good resources and not ones that are going to have a lot of money passed on to overhead. Um, so I really wish I could remember what it is that I wanted to talk about with, with the other thing when it came to the lack of a mandatory evacuation. Um, you know, but, but because you don't have like UBI, because you don't have all of those things, we have a situation, you know, where people have to make the tough decision. They have to say, am I going to leave? Or am I, I have to stay home with my pets. I can't bring my pets places, so I need to stay with them. I have to risk this life-threatening storm. For what? Because we don't have we don't we don't have the 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 will in this country to give people a bottom line safety net. We don't have the ability to say, you know, we're going to make sure that people are, are helped minimally, because that's all we're asking for, minimal help but the the chances of that happening at this point you know that's a probably next day thing that now it's it's we have to live in the world we have to survive in the world in which we live in and the world in which we live in includes the fact that people are struggling um daily news i don't know about you but i work real hard and don't need a hundred percent increase in your diet i mean that's the thing I don't know what tax bracket you're in bringing a boy. I don't know what your tax bracket is. I don't know how much money you and your wife make with your annual income. But the idea that you're going to see a 100% increase in your taxes, I'm I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced that you are the top. Are you making over $400,000 a year? Because I think that was the target that Biden was using for his plan where he wanted to be able to do some things with 400000 a year. 400000 a year. 
you know, I would be happy to pay a little bit more in taxes to help other people survive if I was at the point where I was able to make 400000 a year. You know, the wealth tax that Elizabeth Warren wants to fund. And again, I don't want to focus too much on these other subjects, but there, the fact, there's a lot of arguments that come from the right against social programs simply because they believe that their taxes, they've been fooled into thinking that their taxes are going to be skyrocketing. Like you might have conservatives on food stamps who are going to say things like, well, we don't want to pay more in taxes. Well, you're on food stamps. You're, you're not going to go up in taxes. You're on food stamps. This is not about you. Well, if I do get rich one day, I don't want to have to, you know, have to pay that much because there's this there's this magical fanciful idea that they're gonna that when you set taxes like on the top two percent or the top ten percent of the country that so these people are gonna like, well I'm not there now but what if I do get there I don't want to be punished for being wealthy I don't necessarily be punished for being wealthy or there are people who are wealthy who have gotten their wealth on the backs of other people and have not compensated those people properly. There are people who are who are wealthy who have used and abused the system and have gotten there because they've taken advantage of the impoverished, because they've taken advantage of the people who are in marginalized communities, because they're able to use their power and stomp on the people below them. It's not about printing money, Daily News. It's about it's about having a more equitable society. I'm not even saying equal, just equitable. It's about, I'm not saying that everybody has to live at the same level. I'm not saying that everybody has to be a millionaire. I'm not saying that everybody has to, you know, get everything that they possibly want for nothing, for no work. I'm saying that there should be at least a floor, and the floor needs to be higher than what it is now. Because when we have these situations, like a global pandemic, like a hurricane, all these situations that really show the cracks in our system. If we would just make sure that we had a a higher floor, we would be able to do more and and we wouldn't have to struggle as much. And people who are, who were currently now poor would, would have less to worry about. Let's see. Devin Ox conservatives and the rest of the country forget or the rest of the country were heavily in favor of social programs until 1964 when they realized persons of color would get it too. Um, we buy tanks with our excess military budget just because they have to spend. And, and, and those tanks are bought and the military says, we don't want those tanks. Military doesn't want those tanks or those planes. They flat out said, we don't need these. We don't want these. But what happens? The military industrial complex needs to get paid back for their campaign contributions that they give to congressmen. So the congressman will buy these exorbitant things that should be spent on other issues, should be spent on, you know, infrastructure, building up infrastructure, replacing the water in Flint, fixing the water system in Flint, fixing bridges. You know, the fact that the levees held in New Orleans proper, the levee protection system, as far as I know, I haven't heard any news otherwise, the levee protection system in the city of New Orleans held unlike it did during Katrina. There would have been much more disastrous outcomes. And there are other disastrous outcomes because 
there was no the, the catastrophic failure of the electrical grid made it so that the pumps couldn't work. So you still had flooding, but it wasn't levee breaking or flood wall breaking flooding because the Army Corps of Engineers improved the infrastructure. So having a better infrastructure saved lives likely and also saved money in the long run. So what else? Maybe we should improve the infrastructure on the power grid so that you don't have catastrophic failure of the power grid like we had in Norm. I can't repeat that enough. Catastrophic failure. If you, there was a point in time, now if I'm looking at the grid today, and I'm a little surprised. If, if there's, there's, there's one part of downtown that has power, and that part um, includes the hospitals, or at least one of the hospitals has power. Um, also, the Superdome has power, but I think that's just because it's on the same grid. Um, but if, ignoring that one area, the Lower Ninth Ward, what got wrecked during Hurricane Katrina, currently has power. Uh, New Orleans East, another area with impoverished people, currently has power. I don't know if the Lower Ninth Ward area, I don't know if there's a hospital right there. I don't think there is. I don't, there, I don't think there's a hospital anywhere in those areas in, uh, in New Orleans East either. But I'm a little shocked that those areas have power currently. Um, but if we would invest in infrastructure, that would a, create jobs because the people would have to build the infrastructure. And, and, and then money would you know, trickle up from the people who are working. But you'd also have the long-term benefit of, you know, if you had better electrical systems, you wouldn't have catastrophic failure. So you wouldn't have to keep fixing this every time a storm comes. Bury the lines. Make it so that the pipes are a little more rugged so they don't crack when a tree falls. Make it so that you don't have boil water advisories whenever you lose pressure in a pipe. That's one thing that I don't get why we haven't figured out yet. Why haven't we figured out the fact that if you lose water pressure in a pipe, that you not have to boil the water? Well, the reason you have the pressure in the pipe is, I guess, to keep all of the bad stuff out. And that's why you pressurize the, pup, the pipes. But once you lose the water pressure, guess what? You now have to boil your water. Well, if you even have water, because, again, Jefferson Parish at this point, from what I understand, doesn't have water right now at all, period, none, none whatsoever. Uh, Devin Ox, if Bezos even paid the lowest taxes, he alone could have supported food stamps for the entire country. I mean, there you go. A tax on the overall wealth, just a one-time wealth tax would help. Um taxing Wall Street transactions, maybe over X amount of money or what have you. You know, I'd be more happy, more than happy if, if, if my sale of stock, if I was able to, you know, if I was able to make a whole bunch of bank with GME or AMC or whatever, and if it had, had to cost me a little bit extra off of that, off of that sale, fine. Able to make money and, and, and be successful, I'm fine. I, you should, I have more to protect. If I'm wealthy, I have more to protect, so I should be happy that government is going to protect what I have. It's just that simple. I don't understand what the problem. I don't understand why. I know. I know what the problem is. It's greed, because they think that one day they're going to get rich without inheriting anything. They're just going to get there some magically. I don't know if they're going to think they're going to win the Powerball. 
or if they think that they're going to um, do they think they're going to win the Powerball? Do they think that they're going to, uh, you know, just make a magical widget that just cashes in? Maybe they think one day that they're going to create, become a YouTube or TikTok star and make millions of dollars because they get a viral video that makes them go nuts. I tried a friend of mine who is now has 20,000 viewers, 20,000 subscribers on her TikTok channel from one video. I mean, she probably was doing it from not having evacuated. Meanwhile, I was too busy driving away to think about making a TikTok. But, you know, it is what it is. Oh, wait. No, I don't want to scroll down. I'm not going to even bother trying to have Donald do it this time. <sighs> Every time we talk about taxes, there's nothing wrong with having money, Daily News. Daily News asked, what's so wrong with having money? Nothing's wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with trying to get more money. There is something wrong with being a billionaire because being a billionaire likely means you've made money at the expense of other people. That's the thing that conservatives don't want to see, that you are making people when you make money at the expense of others. And I'm not talking about they have to pay you money to buy their products. I'm saying to the detriment of others. When, you, when the way you make money is to the detriment of others, that's immoral. That's unethical. And that should not be allowed. Don't be the dragon that hoards the wealth. So I was hoping that all this time that I was talking, I would remember the thing about uh, the evacuation with the animals and, and why uh, the mandatory evacuation or the lack of one made it harder for them. But I can't really think of that right now. Um, but I, I don't want to do a three-hour show this time. I, I, I do have work to do in the morning, and I am actually on – East Coast time now, so it's an hour later for me than it is normally because now instead of 9 o'clock now, so if I were to do a three-hour show, I'd have to go all the way to midnight instead of going to 11, which means one hour less sleep before work tomorrow, which I guess is one of the fortunate things that I was able to find a remote job that I do have work to do. I am, I am still employed, fortunately. I can still, can still do my job, um, unlike there's a lot of people out there who are unable to do their jobs, and those people need help. Um, See, the problem with our economic system is that you need money to reach our human rights. Having money is great if it didn't gatekeep our rights. Absolutely. Well said. Um, but anyway, I think I'm going to go ahead and call this an end uh, to this week's episode of Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. I will be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldane. Go to liberaldane.com to find all the places I am online. If you've liked what you've seen here so far, please remember to subscribe to the channel. And please go to liberaldane.com. Um, go to the, uh, the uh, tab or the uh, Hurricane Ida Help page and consider helping, consider contributing to people um, who do need your help during this kind of need. Again, next, until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Off to the left. That's right. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 